Welcome to Sastery in the Making, the podcast that features the people who made the software world what it is today and the leaders who are shaping the future of technology. Here's your host, Matt Wallach. Yes, this is Matt. Welcome, welcome to Sastery in the Making. I am really excited today. I have a special guest, Jasper Dupre. He is with me from Belgium live, and uh, I'm really excited to talk to him. Jasper, how are you? I'm, I'm very well. I'm very well. Thanks, man. Great. Uh, I want to introduce you all to Jasper because this guy is super sharp, super smart. He is the CEO and co-founder at Tradler. And, and Tradler is a, a really neat platform. It's, it's an employee engagement system where, where employees can instantly get rewarded and recognized for the work that they're doing. And I myself have had a chance to go through chat, uh, through Tradler. And this thing is a sweet little program. There's gamification. And I, I wish when I was running companies, I had this at, uh, at my, in my toolbox because they've done a really great job with it. I think it's a really slick program. And that's why I asked Jasper to be on my, on my show. And, and, and this, this, this system is so cool that it was made the top 15 stirrups, uh, sorry, top 15 startups in Europe list, uh, which is a pretty big accomplishment. There's a lot of fantastic startups. So EU Startups hands that out, and they were one of the top 15 startups in Europe. They also won the top, top 10 startups from Startup Bootcamp, which is uh, another exclusive list to be on. So this is definitely a platform that's, that's going places. And prior to Tradler, Jasper was the co-founder and program director for Entrepreneur Powered by ESEI International. And that's a three-month accelerator program focused on experimenting and in order to make the business succeed. So there's some really great organizations that come out of that. And then he also won the winner of Hack the Crisis Netherlands in, uh, this year, which I think is uh, pretty slick and shows that he's got a lot of chops when it comes to uh, development and, and hacking. And then one thing personally that I really love about Jasper is this man speaks six languages which I think is pretty incredible. And he's there in Belgium in the middle of all of the different languages, I guess. So it uh, uh, gives him an opportunity. But uh, for me, having uh, speaking basically one and a half con un poco de español and mostly English, uh, I'm pretty impressed with six languages. So, so Jasper, welcome. So glad to have you. No, really glad to be here, Matt. Really glad. Awesome. Well, I, I really love what you're doing at Tradler. Can you tell me a little bit about what's going on over there? Yeah, so um, it, it's. I think we, we first need to go back a little bit, which is if you're looking to like, I mean, yes, we are an employee engagement platform, right? Now, we're a bit more niche than that. We are a blue-collar employee engagement platform. And so what we do is, I mean, when was the last time, Matt, that you went outside and you high-fived a mailman? For the job that you did. <laughs> well, considering the current crisis, it's oh, been well. quite a while. But, <laughs> but uh, no, I, I, I don't know my mailman. I've never really talked to him at all. Exactly, right? So we don't know our mailman, but it, it's quite funny because where Tradler started is three years ago. Uh, and it started with a mailman. Uh, my dad, actually. Uh, my dad has been a mailman for 40 years in, uh, in Belgium. Wow. And on the day of his retirement, um, I asked him the question, what do I need to look forward to? Because, look, this man spent 40 years of his life doing a job as a mailman within the same organization. And although it is a complete different career than the one that I have, 
by default, the amount of years will be the same. Wow. And at, at that moment, I think I've, I, I received the most motivational words of my dad to the question, what do I need to look forward to? Nothing. <laughs> Nothing, he said. And I'm like, okay, dad, it is impossible that in 40 years' time, the company or your colleagues or the people that you're delivering mail to, I mean, that, that they didn't recognize you. Wow. And, and he comes back and he comes back with a, a box. And the box is more or less the size of a, of a credit card. Okay? And in that box, there's a medal. And on that medal, there's the number 25. He received this medal for 25 years being in service as a mailman. So my dad, for working 40 years as a mailman, the only thank you he received was a medal after 25 years. Wow, that's crazy. So what is Treadler? Treadler is a platform that recognizes people such as the mailman, so people doing blue-collar jobs for the work they are doing on a daily basis. That's awesome. I love it. And was it something that you had developed the, the idea for over time because of your dad and his experience? Or did one day it just hit you and then you thought back, oh, yeah, this would have been fantastic with my dad? So it's a bit of a combination. Uh, you mentioned Start a Bootcamp, right? So Start a Bootcamp is actually one of the, I mean, the top accelerators in, in the world. Uh, and, and then Start a Bootcamp, we were in that acceleration program. And there was a company over there. The name was Scent. And Scent was a company with 20,000 mailmen in the Netherlands. Mm -hmm. Kind of a full circle, right? With my dad being a mailman. But what we realized by, by I mean, you were talking about it, I think, in one of your shows late, uh, earlier about the discovery and the importance of it, right? And so we were in discovery phase with Scent. And we realized, wait, hold on. This company needs to rehire 7,000 mailmen every single year because they leave voluntarily. Wow. And then that, then there was a moment that hit me of like, well, wait, hold on. You need to rehire that many people. And my dad just told me that the only thing he got as a thank you is a medal. That's crazy. That is the moment that it kind of fell together and like, well, we need to do something about it. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think that's fantastic because I think some people would look at that and say, okay, how do we make the hiring process easier? How do we find the right candidates? How do we do that? But I love that you said, no, let's fix the problem. Let's go back to the root of the problem and make it so we don't have 7,000 people leaving out the door every single year. I think that's awesome. Yeah. And I mean, Scent is now an example, right? But there's, I mean, there's so many examples in the market today and the, all more, I mean, the opportunity, but also the cringing fact is that most often people put this as the cost of the business we are in. Hold on, right? The cost of the bit, we're talking about people who are doing their daily job. That is not the cost of the business. These are your people. So let's go and figure out a way to effectively appreciate people for the work they do. So you're right, right? Focusing on the problem, not on the, well, on, on duct tape solutions. Absolutely. So how, I mean, how does this all work? Why is in employee engagement so important to helping this problem? Well, I mean, it, employee engagement, I, I love, uh, I love the word because it's such a frequently used word and it's almost become this kind of buzzword, right? Same like, ooh, AI or ooh, machine learning, right? No. Employee engagement, 
I mean, that for companies, that's important because of three things. If people are disengaged, this is, by the way, out of research of Gallup and so on, but if people are disengaged, first of all, they are less productive. Second of all, they are more often sick. And then thirdly, in Europe last year, companies collectively wasted 400 billion euros on people that voluntarily left their, I mean, left their job. So, I mean, wow, that's crazy. Yeah, (laughs) employee engagement as a product on itself is not is not the case, right? You need to really dig into the problem and the effect that employee engagement is having, and the effect is, I mean, it has direct impact on bottom line. But it also has a direct impact in how people feel. Right? I mean, if, if everyone probably that's now listening to this will have a, had a colleague that was there that said, hey, man, really appreciate what you did. One sentence, but that one sentence changed how you felt that day. Absolutely. So how do you do that with mailman? That's what we do, right? <laughs> <Not sure. laughs> That's fantastic. Now, is it always mail services, mailmen, or are there other organizations that you help? I mean, our focus is blue-collar workers, right? But we initially focus in, in two main uh, aspects where we, I mean, where we can add the most amount of value. So that's logistics and supply. These are your mail companies. These are your truckers. Um, so I mean, blue, blue-collar. Um, or call centers. Uh, it's it's also a dreadful job to sit there a whole day uh, getting people angry at you right? because you normally don't call to customer support to say how great the weather is. <laughs> no kidding. No. No kidding. Right. <laughs> you, you, right, you've met Paul from my team, right? Believe me, if oh, Paul yeah. calls customer support, it's not, I mean, he's not the nicest guy on the, on the phone there, right? But, but, you normally do not call, and, and even more, people are, are quite bold, right? Even if they helped you, quite often people don't even say thank you for helping. No, it's crazy. And so that's the second area where we can really add value. So those two jobs. That's fantastic. So so you've been doing this for a while now. So what are some of the results that, that you've been able to achieve with these businesses? Yeah, so I think the key result that we, that we had with Scent was that you, I mean, they needed to rehire the 7,000 mailmen, right? So what we realized is, I mean, the way that we built the platform, maybe I should start there, is with the team, we flew over to the Netherlands. Um, because you asked, how did you build the platform? Well, before you build something, you need to understand it. And so with the team, we went to work as a mailman for a week in that organization. And... Now, Matt, imagine that you are a mailman and you deliver letters uh, on a daily basis. What is your worst type of day? You don't deliver packages, eh? Just letters. Well, I would hate the weather days that uh, snow, rain, anything. Right, exactly. So, I mean, it's, it's not rocket science, right? If it rains, it is generally a bad day. No kidding. But what we realized is that if it rains, it's not the rain on itself that's the bad part. If it rains, it takes them two and a half times longer to do the same amount of work because the mail sticks together. Wow. Now, that on itself as well is okay, but then we looked into the data and we've seen that if it rains in the first two weeks that someone is employed, statistically seeing, there's a 70% more chance that that person is going to quit their job in the first three months. 
Wow. And so we built something really simple in the platform, which is celebrating people their first rainy day, right? So if a mailman <laughs> would work and they deliver the mail on a rainy day, the pop-up would come, hey, congratulations, it's your first rainy day. Here are 50 points. Oh. You know what? If you have five rainy days, you become the rain master. <laughs> now, these are, these are really simple examples. But by doing that, we were able to reduce employee turnover within SEND by 39%. Wow. That effectively means that they had an ROI of 10 million within the first six months. And why? By investing in their employees and recognizing them. That's incredible. What, what unbelievable numbers. I mean, a, a 10 million ROI in six months is, is phenomenal. I bet you guys are celebrating that. Yeah, we, we completely underestimated ourselves, to be fair. We might, have revised, we might have revised our pricing before if that was the case. Yeah, with 10 million ROI, 20 million per year. I mean, you, you should be charging 2 million bucks on that thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In retrospect, we should have, right? <laughs> <laughs> no kidding. But that's fantastic. I love, love seeing those results. And I know that a lot of it came because of the, the team. I've met some of your team. How, how did you go about building such a great team around you? So, uh, I, yeah, I love that question. Um, and, and back in the accelerator, when, when I was working with SA, that was actually a point that I was, um, that was very strong of. Like, I mean, hiring is like dating, right? In the sense that it needs to be a fit for both parties. And yeah. my, my actually, the way that I start an interview is literally like, look, this is not an interview. I'm just here to get to know you. I'm not here to qualify you on your CV. Even more, I haven't looked at your CV yet. I just want to know how are you as a person. And, and so what we are really big on is our, our I mean, we, we have a cultural Bible, right? These are the rules that we live by and that we operate with. Well, you've met my team. One of those is total positive commitment, right? And I mean, I, I think that when you, when you spoke with my team, that that must have, um, I mean, that, that, that transfers, right? The, the energy that the team brings. For sure, for sure. And so rather than going, I mean, obviously you have certain positions or certain skills that you need within a team. But we've actually built our team quite organically where it was like, hey, I mean, I remember meeting Frank. Frank is our product owner at this moment, right? Uh, and I've met him at this uh, startup pitch competition where we didn't even know yet what we were doing, right? <laughs> we had absolutely no idea. <laughs> and I remember dropping one of those buzzwords in the, in the pitch. I, I don't do that anymore today, right? Back in the day, that was the thing to do. And, and Frank comes back. I mean, it was picture recognition. That was it. And Frank afterwards comes back. He's like, oh, great. You guys are working with picture recognition. I would love to learn what you're doing there. Uh, and I was, I mean, I remember looking at my co-founder and then to Frank, like, well, do you want to build our picture recognition? <laughs> because we don't have it yet, right? Uh, so it's a very organic way that we put this team together. And yeah, I, I think we definitely have a killer team in, the, in that way. That's fantastic. I love it. A, a team can make all the difference. But, you know, what I want to ask you, something that a lot of our, our listeners struggle with on occasion is, you know, how do you get the different pieces of your company to all work together. You know, you've got development and marketing and sales and support. And, you know, sometimes these can get siloed within certain organizations. So how do you make sure that everything's kind of working together in sync, Jasper? 
Uh, so, the, I mean, there, I, I think there's, there's, um, there's two management or well, management. I mean, that sounds very consultively of myself, right? So, I mean, there's two ways that I approach it, right? And so Ben Horowitz, he wrote this article about the wartime and the peacetime CEO. And so it, it depends in, in where your organization is at this moment, right? So I, I would argue that most of us today, unless you're Zoom and you're now selling like crazy, right? But most of us today are in kind of a wartime CEO moment. Mm-hmm. And there you're right, right? The, 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 the trick or, I mean, the, the, the risk of, of that approach is that you create silos, right? Because there it's just about we need to move forward, we need to move forward, we need to move forward. And that's it, right? So it's not really about having nice processes and making sure that everyone, no, then it's just, we need to hit this goal. And if not, we die, right? Yeah. Uh, which is, I mean, very existential threat to your organization. So there, okay, you will have silos. But in, in the most cases, the peacetime CEO, right? uh, or at least in, in how, uh, how the article is playing out, is how do you, I mean, then it's about communication. And so, for example, our team, Communication is absolutely key and not because it's a, a buzzword and that's what people need to say. No, because we have been 100% remote for the last three years. Wow. I mean, we have, a, we have a developer who is in Australia. Our sales team is in Barcelona. Customer success is in Germany. And well, and I'm stuck here in Belgium. Could you imagine? Right? So, I mean, we're, wow. we're basically all over the place. And so our communication channel, in our case, is Slack. And if you don't communicate clearly, we would not be able to get things done. And I mean, if, if this is the first time that, that you have a team and, and you need to manage uh, making sure that everything works together, don't worry, right? You're going to make a lot of mistakes in the beginning, and that is fine. But it's about reflecting with your team about how can we make this better? Yeah, because it sure. would be, I mean, it would be, it's not true to say that, I was the person that made this happen. No, that's not true. It is the team together as a collective that we figured out the best way to communicate together. So get your team involved in solving that. I think that's fantastic. You know, uh, I, I wanted to ask you because you've done the, you know, the, uh, you know, accelerator program and you've been doing Traveler for a little while, but, you know, as a founder, which personality traits and, and characteristics have you found to be most helpful in your journey? So I, I, I don't think it's about my personal ones. I think, first of all, as a founding team, right? So I have a co-founder, right? We didn't talk about him. He's amazing. His name is Ori. Uh, he's always wearing short pants and uh, funky <laughs> socks, right? <laughs> awesome. but, but he's a technical co-founder. And if you look to our boat, our personalities, we're really, really different people in the way that we do it. I'm, I'm very outspoken, right, and social, and, and I, I can, uh, what we would call in sales, build report, right? I mean, that, that would be the things that I'm working with. I, I'm very, very good at, at, like, going into a network and then start talking to people. And to be fair, I, I get there my energy. But if I would put Oli in that situation, I mean, he would probably kill me. So what are you doing? <laughs> get me out of here. And, and so rather than saying what is the, the, the one I mean, what is the skill set that you need to have as a founder? I would say, that, well, the skill that you need to have as a founder is find people that can help you have this time, that can help you uh, fulfill the skills that you do not have. Right? Because, I mean, it would be impossible to have all the skills that you need. But then the second thing is, and it's not really, well, it's a skill. 
is learn how to ask questions. Learn how to ask help. Because a lot of us are like, well, I mean, you know, people should be, well, there's two ways, right? They're like, either all people should be happy that they're able to help on this great product, right? Fact check, no one cares, right? So ask, <laughs> ask a good question. Or uh, they're just too afraid. They're like, well, this is a stupid question. Well, it might be a stupid question, but if you don't ask it, I mean, you will remain stupid with not knowing the answer, right? So yeah. ask and learn how to ask questions. I love it. I love it. So what tips other than that would you give software founders, you know, as they begin their journey? So look back at yourself. What would you have told yourself? You know, what uh, what tips are, are going to help people as they get started on their own software founding journey? Stop making assumptions and validate. What I mean with that is a lot of the times we go like, oh, I have this great idea. And there's actually a really good book about that. It's called The Mom Test. Right? And, and it's like, oh, I have this great ID, mother. I want to build a see-through toaster. And the mother goes like, oh, son, this is an absolutely wonderful idea. But then he also rides the thought bubble of the mother, which is like, oh, Lord, no. He's going to stay at home for the next 40 years and is never going to get married. Right? But what do I mean with experiment and validate is if you are going to assume or not ask the right questions, if you're going to assume that what you are doing is absolutely the truth, you're going to end up building something that no one wants. For sure. Absolutely. Life is too short to build useless stuff. Right? Don't do that. Validate. <laughs> that would be the, the first main, um, main feedback. Second main feedback is get advisors. I mean, we have one advisor, and he's going to laugh that I'm naming him again, right? But I, I even have him on speed dial in my WhatsApp, uh, and his name is Eric Bowman. He's one of the of the guys that was very early on building the first Sims. Right? Uh, he's now the senior vice president of engineering in TomTom, but he is a, an an amazing advisor, right? And you're going you're going to have tough times. You're going to go through things that you absolutely have no idea how to do it, and that's fine. But having great advisors around you that you can call, not only when things go good, but especially when you're not sure or things are going bad, that is key. I mean, at least from my journey, right? I can only speak from my experience, but for me, that was key. I think that's so important. I, I think not enough people build a, a, a great network of advisors and mentors around them. And that is a huge thing. It was huge for me when I was building companies. Uh, and I'm glad to hear you say that because I think it's super important to make sure you get the right help uh, so that at the right time when you need it, it can come into play and really help you take off. No, exactly. I mean, you are, I mean, as a startup founder, you are going to, I mean, I'm sorry, I'm not even sure if I can say this in this call, but you are going to fuck up, right? I mean, regardless, <laughs> you are going to fuck up. But advisors are going to help you to reduce the amount. And that's okay because you know you're going to make mistakes and that's good, right? You learn from them. But having the right advisors around you can minimize either the effect of that mistake or cut down in the amount of mistakes you need to make in order to learn something. And that, I mean, that's beautiful. For sure. Well, this is awesome. You've, you've delivered a ton <laughs> of great knowledge here, Jasper. I, I think it's fantastic. I think we can learn a lot from, from your journey and, and where you've been, but you know, how shall our, our audience get in touch with you or how shall they learn more about you and Traveler? 
Um, so well, there's two ways, right? Feel free to connect with me on, on, on LinkedIn. Uh, I think that's a, a good approach. Uh, you can also go to www.tradler.co. That is C-O, not .com, .co. Uh, yes, that's also one of their startup things, right? It was the cheapest domain that we could find. So that's the reason why we are there. <laughs> but, but that's okay, right? So we're now .co. Um, so yeah, feel free to reach out uh, to us, uh, well, to us through there. Perfect. Well, I will do that. I'll put that in the show notes for everybody listening. So you'll see how to get in touch with Jasper and, and see uh, what he's doing on LinkedIn and also learn a little bit more about Traveler because this is a, a slick system and it's going to be something that's really going to help a lot of companies. So uh, definitely take a look at that. But uh, I have enjoyed it. Uh, again, we were talking with Jasper Dupre from Traveler and uh, it's been a lot of fun. So Jasper, thank you. Now, Matt, thank you very much, man. I'm now going to go to sleep. (laughs) Thank you for listening to Sastery in the Making. Join us next episode for another look into how today's visionaries are creating the next generation of innovation.